As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, my French teacher always called me Martin, and I hated it. Hated it! Welcome to All Comics Considered, the comic book podcast that is so meta, we do lessons learned right on air. My name is Marty, and I'm just fine. I'm producer Tim, and I am also fine. <laughs> I don't have another... We didn't do a thing. We didn't. We totally so, didn't do a thing. So unlike last episode, where we were hyper-prepared and we pulled it off, this episode, we have, we're not prepared at all. No. This episode, the show notes were crafted... It is uh, 7.19 Pacific Standard Time at the time of recording, and these show notes were completed at 7.18 Pacific Standard Time. But we're professional, and we are going to have what we call a lessons learned. This is where Tim and I are going to talk about, talk about talking about Chip, what we did well, what went not so well, and what we plan on doing in the future. Because as you can imagine, dear listener... We are still riding a high from talking to our pal Chip. So I, I listened to uh, the recording uh, today, actually. And what did and, you think? And um, I could tell in our voices that we were we were giddy. Yeah, like we were giggly the mm-hmm. entire time, and it was actually quite adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I, I I was so. I'm still I get giddy thinking about it. Um and I think that is something that we do well is that our enthusiasm catches on. I think that's one of the reasons why Chip agreed to stay on as long as he did. He's because fun. we was he was having fun talking to us. Um at least that's what I like to think. Yeah, well the other thing is that he said that it helps him to uh it helps his process mm-hmm. to have these sort of interviews um and cuz ideas bubble up. 
Right. We start to crash against his own skull when we, you know, bring up things. And um, our audio producer, Steve Sonos, the God of Sound, uh, thought that he was sketching something. But because uh, we could hear the, the scratching of pencil against paper, but I think that Chip was taking notes. <laughs> At the very least, it, what, taking notes one way or the other, like or sketching down an idea. I think that's a. I mean, that'll go straight to my head. So it's well, clearly you know, not the implications of that are we might have had an effect on uh, Spider Man. I think the the effect is yes, <laughs> and you know what the effect is going to be. He's going to do that clone saga, like ten pages <laughs> of stuff. <laughs> Dedicated to uh, ruined by all comics considered. Um, but I think what's cool about that, and we all have different ways of learning and talking and discussing on the show and how our ideas come to us. You know, Nick learns best by arguing and debating. Um, and it seems like like this pre- creative process, uh, a lot of it was generated in a good conversation, which isn't something I haven't gotten a chance to really do outside of college. Um I could see how that is an incredibly appealing thing to do. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, giddy fans can be annoying as I'll get out. But I also think that if you are on Twitter at any time of day, you realize that the ones that stick are the ones where people are being jerks. And, you know, women creators have to deal with that way more than dudes. What else do you think we did well? Um uh. We uh, did something that's unusual for us, and we spent a good deal of time preparing um, all of our questions and the themes that we wanted to pursue with Chip. Uh, We had a list of primary questions, and we had some sub-questions that were branching from our primary questions in case we had uh, enough time. Mm -hmm. Um, So we were were really well-prepared, and we were also... Not only well prepared with our questions, but we were well prepared in reviewing our other material that Chip has produced. Mm-hmm. So we had things to talk about. We could talk about Spider-Man. We could talk about Sex Chronicles. We could talk about Howard the Duck if we wanted to. We didn't. Right. Um, but, you know, we could have taken the conversation in any direction uh, because we just knew our stuff. Yeah, I found that uh, – so I, I just put a whole bunch of stuff in the spreadsheet um, and just read it when I put in the spreadsheet and then the day before I spent a whole day basically rereading, re-listening, uh, delving deeper into whatever else. Because uh, one of the things that I've witnessed other shows doing or worse, like live interviews at conventions, you get two interviewers who are, you know, have got great presence and great banter, but they don't have any clue what you're talking about. Um, the worst example I could think of is at C2E2, they interviewed Karen Gillan and Jamie McElvey, and they had no idea what Wicked and Divine was all about. They had not read a single book, which was like, you're at a comic book convention. You are, you're talking to at least 200 people who are sitting to hear them talk for a 15-minute presentation. You could have read one issue. Um, and I didn't want to do that to Chip, so I thought that we had to prepare. And we not only did we prepare, but we paced it down and then asked the questions that we thought were super interesting, which was, I think, is something that when you do a group interview or group conversation, something you just kind of have to do. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're stepping on each other's toes mm-hmm. and you're not getting the the conversation that you want. Um, I think the other thing that went really well that we did, uh, that you did well, 
is that you've uh, listened. I didn't listen. You've listened to other uh, interviews that Chip uh, had done. And so you knew, or at least you suspected, that Chip was a good uh, guest to have mm-hmm. on the show. Right? There are people out there that are well-learned, that are uh, uh, talented, uh, but may not have uh, the presence to be on a podcast or a radio show. It's just because, you know, they meander or they think in different ways that um, don't necessarily translate well to, to this sort of format. Uh, but because you did the legwork, you knew Chip would be a good guest. Yeah. Uh, I knew that only because, like, uh, when I was doing the research, I had checked it out. Uh, but if, like, when you at, were asking about, like, when we were getting nervous about it, like, I should have had that information prepared for everybody beforehand. Um, but I also think that, like, you know, you could hear it in on uh, – even Terry Gross has bad interviews. Um and she's just able to to pull stuff out that other people just can't do. And I think I think we can get there um, with by the way that we prepare, and then by being, you know, we want to talk about the cool shit. We want to talk about the fun stuff and the serious stuff. And I don't think we want to walk away bashing anybody unless they're Nazis. Then then all bets are off. But I don't think we're going to have a Nazi on the show. Um, <laughs> I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, I would probably sooner combust uh, just by sitting here alone than have one. But, you know, I guess I can blow up at any time. I pre- And also, I appreciate you saying that I did that well. What else? Was there anything else that we did? Um, yeah. The other thing that went uh, really well for us, I think, is that um, we were not only well prepared, but we kept it loose when we needed mm-hmm. to. So uh, if you're too staunch, if you're too by the book, you're going to lose that spontaneity. And with a guy like Chip, who's, you know, basically an improv comic, as far as I'm concerned, you got to keep it, uh, you got to, you know, loosen those strings so that you can have a, you know, like an authentic conversation. Um, so it went off into tangents, and in tangents is where you find gold sometimes. I, I think tangents is where you find the gold. I, I We had some... It's a very uh, semi-structured interview is the way to go, in my opinion. Um, but when you're doing a group interview, the, in, uh, the, the focus immediately becomes we have to make sure that we hit all these checkboxes. But if you do that, the people who you're talking to already know. And, and so you've got to do it in such a way that is the best of both worlds. And I think we really did that well. I think that's that's that was my biggest fear. And we did not even come close no. to doing a checkbox style interview. We um, we got all the things we wanted to get out there, but we also cracked jokes and had a good time. Yeah, that was pretty fun. I, I still got to listen to the episode. Uh, I usually wait a couple of weeks um, before I go back and listen, just because I hate the sound of my voice. <laughs> and Roger from uh, Comic Book Informer gave me uh, shit about that the other night, but I stopped editing and now I hate my voice again. So... Yeah, I don't um, hate your voice. It's, the, I, it's well, I appreciate it's it. It's the brightest, most cheery voice that we have on the show. Oh, uh, worse! Uh, how we've lasted ninety-one plus episodes, I will have <laughs> never known. Um, I think one thing we also did well, and I kind of hinted at it, but I just got to be specific about it. Nobody monopolized the conversation. Like we had a lot where Chip could talk, and clearly he, we got him to talk the most. But not a single one of us interviewing monopolized it, and we didn't uh, 
you know, if we shared anything, we didn't use it to co-opt his story. We just shared it to prompt him to share more. For example, I think your Jim Star, uh, Jim Shooter question mm-hmm. and your Jim Starlin questions, those were great because like otherwise where would we have gotten that fanboy section from? I mean, it just would not have happened unless you had shared that. So that was spot on. Like I, there's, there's part of me that wants to take what we did and give it to the training department and be like, here's how to do a group interview. You know, that question, and if you're just listening to this now and you haven't listened to the other podcast, guys, you know, the Chips Radowski interview, I don't yep. know what you're doing. What the hell are you doing? Listen to that Seriously. Yeah. Uh, but he's referring to the question where I want to know what the Marvel bullpen was like. And because, you know, as a child, I had this imagination of what it could be. And he went ahead and burst my bubble and just told me it was an office. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just an it's just an open air office, like all dev companies are like. <laughs> so that's all it is. It's fine. It doesn't have to be magic. did a lot of things right um is there are there things that did not go uh, according to plan or not as well as they should have so the biggest one we had i think is we didn't explain to chip a couple of things in our introductory emails um or in like our follow-up emails uh specifically normally like even right now tim and i are on a video chat so that we can see what we're saying we don't talk over each other because you can tell what people are saying um when they want to say something we didn't have that so that's why i think some of our transitions weren't as were not as good as they should have been um but video chat like it we just didn't work and we had to fire up the backup plan and thank god that zencaster now has voice over ip because that was a I think it pretty much saved us here. Um, I think we, I were, think we were, were close to losing him. Like, this is getting irritating. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. So we, we shifted, which I got to also say, we handled that very well. Because um, technical problems always happen. But, you know, that was a bit of a problem. And it did cause other issues down the line. Um, so that is something that we need to work on for next time is have our instructions better because there's one other thing that we didn't do so well. <laughs> and so listeners, there was a, a, a period of about eight hours where we didn't really sleep well because we thought we lost all of chips audio um, because we didn't tell him to hang on so that Zencaster could process and upload it to our business Dropbox. That is the most, that is like, I don't know. The only other thing that's ever happened to me that summarizes how painful that was, that was, was losing my Irish historiography capstone project uh, because of a hard drive failure. Like that's literally four years of college work down the drain that I will never get back. Um, It was just that bad, but in an eight hour period. Um, But Chip was like, here you go. And push the button. We got the audio and one of the best episodes I think we've ever done. You know, so. I never asked you, did he just uh, 
Did he make fun of you for that? Nope. He did <laughs> he not make fun of me for that. Criticize you or, or anything like that? Just Nope. Yes, sir. Wait, Here you go. Up. It was a very, it was super polite. Like, um, no, we haven't heard from Chip about the gift that we sent him or gotten a retweet from him. So I hope I, I hope I didn't fuck up, which is something else that I'm worried about. Like I, I worry that I fucked up, but I'll, we'll talk about that offline. Um, if you want to know what I think, where I fucked up, you can tweet me at Officer Gleason on Twitter or at All Comics Cast and ask me, Marty, how did you fuck up the chip interview? And I'll tell you. Um, <laughs> no. Um, the only other thing I think that didn't go so well is that while we did have a lot of questions, when Chip was like, guys, I'm, yeah, I'm having a blast. Let's keep talking. I didn't think we would actually get to all of them. So I felt like some of those questions could have been pushed back a little bit um, mm -hmm. or refined a little bit more. Um, or we could have been like taking some notes and like bounced back to something that he'd said earlier. Um, not, I mean, on a scale of one to 10, that's a, this is a two um, more time than we expected. I mean, that's a problem you kind of want to have, but that's the, but like, I, I do feel like there was, our preparation was very finely tuned. And because we went over the allotted time that we thought we had, I feel like our backup questions weren't as good and that we weren't as comfortable in the tangents as we could have been. Um, but like, again, that's not, I'm not reaching. I'm just saying like, uh, for our first big interview, I think that's pretty baller. So, yeah, that's I, pretty great. I didn't feel like our backup questions were unsophisticated or, or oh no, I thought they were okay. They were, they were, they were, yeah. It's like comparing the finest creme brulee you've ever had to uh, your favorite dessert of all time. Like, uh, but and like no insult to Hannibal who was an amazing guest or to Travis, who was an amazing guest or to Denny or to Steve, who've all been amazing guests or Ariel, who was amazing. Um, Chip comics, is our comicsology crew and the comicsology crew. Oh my God. Uh, Matt and Kara, they were great. Also just uh, Chip is a creator that once we found what we all liked about what he did and we've all read something of his, we got giddy. Also, he's an Eisner winner, and you know he start char He's going to start charging for hugs in the near future. So, uh, so, so when we ever do when we do post mortems in, in my job, we do what we did well, uh, what we didn't do well, and what we what was okay, but what we could do better. Um, do you have any feelings on that? Yeah, I got a couple feelings about what we could do better. Um, I believe one of the things that we can do better. Uh, is just have a standard boiler plate. Like this is what we would like you to do. Um, if they, somebody agrees to be on the show, we have the standard boiler plate of like, here's what you need. Here's what time. Let us know how long you want. Um, if there's anything you want us to plug, we'd ask that you plug the show in return and please don't leave uh, before Zencaster finishes uploading stuff. Um, that's, that's uh, my number one, what we could do better. Yeah. If, if, if you guys are listening and are wanting to do your own podcast and you want to interview people, uh, 
Zencaster has a weird feature. If uh, they just dip out, you can lose all that audio. They have to press a button or wait for a thing to happen. They don't press a button. They have to wait for a thing, an event to happen. Because um, Marty presses a button. And then, once Marty presses the button, everything's okay. Chip dipped out before Marty pressed the button. So that's why we we're very anxious for you know, eight hours. Yeah. That's exactly right. Um, and that's where the number one problem came from. So, but that was it and it was easily solved. So there's no reason to, to worry about it now. Yeah. But no, it's a, it's a good idea to have like, Hey, here's three things we need from you. We need help, you know, and then go from there. I, I totally agree. Exactly. So other than, uh, working on our invite, uh, letters better, what else do you think we should do for the next big person that we get? Or next Eisner winner or favorite creator that we get. The only other thing I could think of is environmental. Just make sure that our levels are good. Mm-hmm. This is something we've always struggled with because, you know, this is the, how it happens if you don't have a professional studio. I've got the best setup right. I can, I think. All right. My sound isolation box, but, you know. Yeah. It's always a work in progress. I think um... – one of the things that we, yeah, there's some other tricks that we can do, but we're pretty much bumping up against uh, the limits of our technology unless we get a huge influx of resources. Um, or we all go to, you know, local podcaster recording studios and do it remotely from there, which ain't going to happen. Like, okay. yeah, it, I mean, there'd be a lot involved with that, would, but um, the only other thing I think we could do better that's coming is that on the website, we're going to have a cornerstone content sort of individual theme. Like right now, if you go to All Comics Considered and click on Chip's interview, it'll be the standard layout. But we have in the works right now by Webmaster Viking Eric uh, a new format which uh, looks pretty slick. He's just uh, banging it out for Edge and Firefox to make sure that everything is kosher on those two browsers. Um, and I think that's something that we need to work on. And, you know, we wanted to get done early, but real life gets in the way of everyone's hopes and dreams. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I think that covers that. It totally covers that. Want to do a pull box? Let's do our pull box. How about some pull box music, Steve? What's in your pull box this week? Um, you know, I was uh, browsing through the good old Marvel Unlimited. Nothing really jumped out at me this week, uh, except possibly uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur number fourteen, um, because we have something that we haven't seen in a while, which is uh, the ever-loving blue-eyed thing mixing up with uh, with the Hulk, but not the old Hulk, of course, who's no longer with us. We're talking about Amadeus Cho Hulk. And and it's weird because uh, Amadeus Cho is the seventh or eighth smartest guy in the world, right? So he and the thing should be able to have a reasonable dialogue. 
and exchange, but all they really do is exchange fists. Just super-powered fisticuffs. Because the writers can't do the thing where two strong guys can just talk to each other about stuff reasonably. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the first time the ever-loving blue-eyed thing and Amadeus got to meet? I don't think so. No, no. Uh, Although I couldn't pinpoint where they met the first time. But if you kind of look at the dialogue, they seems like they've met before. Hmm. Um, and what's trying? What's what's happening here? Is that uh, the thing wants to be you know, basically a mentor to 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 Moon Girl, and um, and the Hulk also wants to you know have some words with her regarding measuring of her intelligence and you know and they're both basically fighting over her. Good lord. They both want to be her mentor. And uh, she doesn't need it. Because she's smarter than both of them. Right. Um, but uh, the episode, or the issue is pretty adorable because uh, the thing gets to uh, doggy sit uh, Devil Dinosaur. Nice. Basically. Nice. And they're big, you know, they're buddies. Um, and, of course, Moon Girl finds a way to uh, make them stop fighting using her intelligence. Super cool. Moon um, Girl. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it, it's a it, this uh, this series is lighthearted. It's fun, and um, it's getting better uh, with each episode. So with each issue. Uh, so if you haven't checked out Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur, yeah, give it give it a try. I like, and I'm the I'm the reader of us all that like the lighthearted, mm-hmm. uh, funny stuff. I really liked Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur. It's just not the. I mean, I have so many books that I'm reading, but I really enjoyed it. Like I read the trades that we got and I, it's on my uh, list of books to read on the, on the Marvel unlimited uh, moon girl devil dinosaur had a really awesome uh, cameo appearance in America. Number two, I think where she's basically giving like moon girl is giving lectures on interdimensional stuff. And it's super cool because she's sitting there. It's like a TED talk, but for interdimensional smart people. And America's going to see that class. And Devil Dinosaur is like in the background, sitting like how my dog Shotzi sits. <laughs> and uh, Moon Girl is in the front giving this pretty awesome talk. And everyone in the multiverse is coming to hear her talk. So I loved that bit. I wish in this in the in the in the series in her own series. That her parents really understand and recognize the genius that she is. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the writers have the same sort of failing. The writer uh, has the same sort of failing, where uh, parents are often portrayed as so so dim-witted that they don't quite understand what's happening with their their offspring, which is you know a little frustrating. My books this week are, and I normally try to stick to one pull box, but I'm gonna. I'm cheating this week because they're very closely related. Uh, I read over the long weekend the Infinity Gauntlet from 1991, the production that we will see in the culmination of Avengers 4 and 5, I believe, as well as the Thanos quest. Uh, And we'll start with what I read in what order. So I reread Infinity Gauntlet, and it was pretty good. I really enjoyed... Marvel's cosmic scene. I've always enjoyed Marvel's cosmic scene. Uh, 
I just find the the idea of the Avengers uh, coming together to, you know, deal with the omnipotent Thanos to make sure that somebody stands up and the, you know, the Captain America line where he's like, you know, as long as one person stands up to you, you will have not have won. And that's how he goes out. But that's kind of what we loved about that Captain America. I think we're going to get that scene in the movie. I can't imagine we don't get something like it. Uh, the art, uh, it was originally uh, drawn by George Press, and then Ron Lim comes in at the end uh, to finish it off. Which I would love to, and I should have done more background reading in the penciler, why Ron and George had to split stuff up and what was going on back there. But I'm already sold because I love everything that George Perez touches. Yeah, and Perez does the, um, the covers, uh, so they're gorgeous, right? So I wondered where – one of the problems I've always had with Infinity Gauntlet is where did Thanos get those wonderful gems? And uh, that question is answered in Thanos Quest, uh, published in 1990, written by Jim Starlin, drawn by Ron Lim. It involves the resurrected Thanos and how he gets his gems, who he beats to get them, who he tricks to get them back or to actually get them. Because now that he has stared into death's eternity, well, he has discovered the, uh, the power that resides in all these gems and why he should have them. And we run into such amazing cosmic characters as the in-betweener uh, Lord chaos and master order who are now, Logos in the eighth universe, uh, according to Ron, uh, excuse me, including, according to Al Ewing. Uh, we also, he also blows up planets and challenges dudes to single combat. Um, Thanos quest. I think I have to say it. I, I like Thanos quest better um, because we get to see just how brutal and conniving and clever and powerful Thanos is. Uh, he's not a good guy. And uh, as I was reading it, I could not stop thinking about a previous conversation we had at ACC about how Thanos is a representation of toxic masculinity. Um, Thanos quest right now is the number one bit of evidence I could put on the table to say Thanos is toxic masculinity. Look what he does. He is, you know, all at once this, you know, he's this jacked, muscular, hyper intellect guy who can't get the girl of his. He's been friend zoned by the girl of his dreams. Like there is so much toxic masculinity with Thanos that you it's like oozing into the soul gem. And you can also see how they change the name of the gems uh, from what they were called. I think they were called um, the soul stones into the infinity gems. Uh, so that's how we get the gems also named. Uh, we don't know where the gauntlet comes from. Like he just puts it on his gauntlet and boom, there it is. But he just got it from the hardware store. Yeah. He's yeah. He just went to Walmart, picked up one because you know, Thanos would totally shop at Walmart. (laughs) Um, you take the Thanos copper to Walmart. Oh yeah. Dude's a total prick that way. Um, (laughs) just lands it on the roof. Anyway, Thanos Quest right now, I think, is my favorite of the cosmic books that I've read in a very long time outside of some of the other stuff that's going on in the Marvel U. Um, 
And it's also the next thing I'm going to read is Jeff Lemire's Thanos series because I love him and I want to read more of him. And I am a huge fan of Canadian comic book creators at this point. So, so that's our show this week, guys. Uh, a little background into the work that we did to get Chip. A little advice on how best to run your own sorts of interviews. Uh, Gir- a Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur and Infinity Gauntlet and Infinity Quest. Uh, before we go, is Tim, is there anything you want to bring up? Should yeah, I don't think you actually uh, talked about the mechanics of how he got uh, Chip on the show. <gasps> I didn't. Yeah, so okay. why don't you get him a bone? Okay, so here's what we did. Uh, Chip, uh, Chip's partner, uh, has a print shop online, uh, the push pin. And, uh, one of the first chips, uh, prints that they feature is by chip. It's of the solar system and it's wrong. Uh, the plants are in the wrong order. The, there's no factual, there's, there's semi-factual information about each planet. Uh, and I liked it and I shared it up on ACC and then chip liked it. So then I asked a friend of the show and consigliere to the show, uh, Caitlin Roseberg, and she said, go ahead and reach out to him. That seems like a pretty good opening. Went to his webpage, what, did his contact me form, and within 12 hours, we had heard back from him that he would agree to be on the show. <laughs> so it's literally uh, – I wrote the first draft of the email to send, and then Hannah, who's way better at crafting and editing than I am, polished it up. I mailed it off. It was a total team effort, too, because I was like, guys want to get him? And we got him because he was super generous with his time. So the moral of the story, listeners, is that if you want to interview someone, you should ask them. Yeah. Uh, I think the number one thing to take away is like, as comic book fans, we have more in common. And comic book creators, as fun as they may be, also spend a lot of their time doing their work because they have to. Uh, because it's the amount of work they do is insane for some of these books. So, and Chip said, uh, "Don't be uh, intimidated into asking uh, to talk to comic book writers and, and artists because they are used to spending lots of time alone in a room, not talking to people. Right. So they're very lonely. Very lonely people. Which all the lonely comic book people? Where do they all come from? Clearly, right now." Right now, they're coming from Canada. So, uh, and thank you for reminding me that I didn't tell everybody the truth, or the full story. So that has been... Special episode. This is a special episode, everybody. Uh, Talking about, talking about Chip. Uh, if you liked what you've heard, please rate or review us on the Apple Podcast Store, on Stitcher, uh, or on whatever podcast service you use to find us on. Uh, if you, you can also drop us a line at All Comics Cast on Twitter or on the Tim Mostly Tim Run Facebook page, All Comics Considered. You can also find us at allcomicsconsidered.com, and you can also always reach us and email us at uh, our first names. Marty, Tim, Hannah, or Nick at allcomicsconsidered.com or at Lockjaw at allcomicsconsidered.com. Any interaction, be it a retweet, a like, a reblog, sharing, even just an email saying, hey, keep up the good work, guys, 
means the world to us. The more public the uh, regard is, the better it is for our ratings and so that more people can join this ongoing wonderful conversation. So if you have a minute, leave us a review on these services or give us a retweet. And if you like the Chip Zardowski interview, uh, and you should because it was great, um, you know what? Do me a favor. Do producer Tim a favor and just tell one of your friends today. That's That would be a huge favor. Uh, also, tell us who else you want us to try to reach out to. We're pretty confident right now. Let us know who else we should talk to. Uh, if you tell me to go reach out to Jim Starlin, I won't. But maybe somebody else I will totally reach out to. Let's talk to Alan um, Moore. No. We'll have to get really stoned first. Uh, let me go sacrifice something to the snake, Roman snake god, maybe then. Um, until <laughs> next time, dear readers, your hosts have been Marty and Tim. We'll be busy finding different ways to communicate with Alan Moore. Could you imagine? <laughs> with well, How would you even, wouldn't even be able to email him. We'd have to write him a letter and then have it transcribed onto a clay tablet to be mailed to somewhere in like Shropshire, England. I'm pretty sure what we need to do is uh, buy or make Ouija boards and reach out to the spirits where his mind has been ensconced and trapped, tortured by, you know, devil ladies. <laughs> oh my God. So that's how, that that's our, that's going to be our Halloween episode. Chatting with Alan Moore. <laughs> That would be hilarious. Uh, Tim, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you could find me at raceinvaders.org or monitoring our Facebook page. Uh, uh, if you want, you can look at my sparsely populated at Tim Considers on Twitter. And I think I said this, but just in case, I'm at uh, Officer Gleason on Twitter and One Pretentious Bastard on Tumblr. And I typically run the All Comics Consider Twitter page. And until next time, action heroes... Don't use your Ouija board to communicate with comic book creators. There is no contact us button on a Ouija board. Good night and good luck. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.